sifter.com.au. Hi, I'm Kyle Paletto. And I'm Adam Christou. Welcome to Walkthrough, Sifter's weekly recap on the biggest news in video games. This week, Bayonetta's original voice actor calls out for a boycott of Bayonetta 3, Silent Hill fans are treated to a heap of new game announcements, and Razer unveils their new handheld streaming console. Here is all the news for Sunday, 23rd of October. Let's go. Join the Sifter community on Discord at sifter.com.au forward slash Discord. It surprised a lot of people that Bayonetta's original voice actor, Helena Taylor, wouldn't be returning for the upcoming sequel. But this week, Taylor took to Twitter to explain why. And I would like to explain to you why I didn't voice Bayonetta 3. The Bayonetta franchise made an approximated $450 million. That's not including merchandise. As an actor, I trained for a total of seven and a half years. And what did they think this was worth? What did they offer to pay me? The final offer to do the whole game as a buyout, a flat rate, was $4,000. This is an insult to me. The amount of time that I took to work on my talent and everything that I have given to this game and to the fans. I am asking the fans to boycott this game and instead spend the money that you would have spent on this game donating it to charity. It was a bit of a shock to hear that an actor who voiced such an iconic character would be offered such a low amount. It incited a pretty big backlash against the developer Platinum Games and the new voice actor Jennifer Hale, but it turns out that wasn't the full story. Reporting from Jason Schreier at Bloomberg confirmed that Taylor was offered around three to four thousand US dollars for each recording session, with around four to five sessions planned for the game, which would bring her total fee to around fifteen thousand US dollars. But Taylor denies these claims, and Platinum Games issued a statement supporting Jennifer Hale and calling for an end to her harassment. Yeah, this is a bit of an interesting and sort of weird story here. I'm not quite sure how to take it all. Um, it seems like there is a bit of back and forth about what's being reported and what's being said by certain high-profile figures. So um, I'm just taking a step back from this discourse at the moment. That's probably a good idea. Fans of Silent Hill rejoice. After years of silence from Konami, it looks like we're returning to the beloved horror series in the not-too-distant future. On Wednesday, Konami revealed their expansive plans for Silent Hill during a YouTube presentation, including a remake of the beloved PS2 game Silent Hill 2 and two more Silent Hill releases, Silent Hill Townfall and Silent Hill F. There's also a movie called Return to Silent Hill and some sort of interactive live stream narrative thing. It's called Silent Hill Ascension. Polish devs Bluber Team are helming the Silent 2 remake, which has me breathing a bit of a sigh of relief. Bloober Team's work on recent horror games The Medium and Blair Witch have cemented them as one of the best horror game developers out there, and they'll be working alongside core members of the original Silent Hill team, concept artist Masahiro Ito and composer Akira Yamaoka. We'll be sure to keep you in the loop of any more Silent Hill news as it develops. Now, I think I'm a bad gamer because of all those announcements, the thing I'm most excited for is another movie. I was a huge fan of that original Silent Hill. I thought it was a lot of fun and... Uh, it scared the crap out of me when I was younger. So I'm, I'm really pumped for that. But uh, if these get good reviews, I, it could be time for me to jump in. 
Riot Games has announced their acquisition of Wargaming's Sydney studio, which will be called Riot Sydney. Previously known as Big World, the studio was a major contributor to the development and infrastructure behind World of Tanks and other games under the Wargaming brand. It's very likely these experienced devs will be lending their hand to Riot's highly anticipated League of Legends MMO, as well as Riot's existing games, so there's hope that one day League will have a functioning client after losing their original Sydney offices and outsourcing the Oceanic Pro League to ESL back in 2020. This comes as the latest move by the company to re-establish a presence in the region alongside the hiring of a new local community manager, a series of grassroots Valorant events, and rumours of a major shake-up to the professional League of Legends circuit for Oceania and Southeast Asia. Yeah, this is quite fascinating. And I have to say, I'm quite intrigued, but also a little bit trepidatious about this, as there has been a lot of reporting about alleged um, cultures of harassment and of workplace uh, sort of sexual harassment claims around Riot Games. They were sued a few years ago as well. So I really hope that um, the internal culture of Riot has sort of developed over the last few years and uh, the team at Wargaming go into a company that is in a lot more of a better place than it was a few years ago. Tech company Razer have unveiled their new gaming handheld and it looks quite interesting. It's called the Razer Edge and it has a 6.8 inch tablet, 144Hz AMOLED display, Snapdragon G3X G1 processor and even a front facing camera for those who want to stream while gaming. The handheld is designed to run Android games, but it is really an emulation and streaming machine with support for Xbox Cloud Gaming, PS5 Remote Play and Nvidia Cloud Streaming amongst others. While the LTE variant of the Razer Edge doesn't have a price tag yet, the Razer Edge Wi-Fi version is set to cost roughly 643 Australian dollars and it will be out early 2023. That's a lot of money for what will primarily be a cloud streaming tablet, a very different product from what the Steam Deck and Nintendo Switch offer at the moment. With the Steam Deck not available in Australia and Nintendo holding the monopoly on handhelds, it'll be interesting to see how the Razer Edge performs. I am loving all of these new entries into the handheld space. Uh, It feels like it was neglected for a long time until the Switch came along and then every company went, oh, people are interested in this again. So it's just great to see some competition. And yeah, until I can get my hands on a Steam Deck, which will be who knows when, uh, might have to start looking into some of these uh, alternatives. Last week, it was announced that the rebooted G4 TV channel will be turning off its lights less than a year after it made a surprising return in 2021. Chairman and CEO of Comcast Spectacore, Dave Scott, broke the news last weekend in a memo citing low viewership and unsustainable financial results as the key reasons. The announcement comes almost a month after a huge round of layoffs and departures within the company and took many fans and even some employees by surprise. In fresh reporting from Nathan Grayson at Washington Post, multiple former G4 staff members have alleged that a culture of mismanagement, high costs, and a lack of organizational direction led to the collapse of the company. With fingers pointed squarely at Tucker Roberts, the son of billionaire Comcast CEO Brian Roberts. According to the allegations, Tucker was never on set, was hands-off, and constantly made last-minute editorial decisions. It was even reported that Tucker had a large office that he'd designed based around Emperor Palpatine's throne room from the Star Wars films. Yikes. The Washington Post has also reported that the shuttering of G4 was so swift that several staff members were locked out of the company Slack and Google Drive with zero knowledge as to what was happening at the time. Washington Post's expose on G4 is a long and wild read. We've popped it in the show notes for you. 
That's it for news. Here are the games arriving this week. Out on the 27th is Star Ocean, The Divine Force, the latest entry in the long-running series of action RPGs. Divine Force looks like a solid installment with crisp visuals, a unique battle system, and heaps of playable characters. Grab it on PC, PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox Series S and X, and Xbox One this Thursday. Also out this Thursday is Frog Detective 3, Corruption at Cowboy County by Aussie indie devs Worm Club. The Frog Detective series is just so much fun, and Corruption at Cowboy County it looks like it's going to bring the same silly charm fans have come to expect. So pick it up on PC on the 27th. After eight years of waiting and a couple of weeks of controversy, the next installment in the Bayonetta series will hit shelves this week. Early reviews have been extremely positive, and it doesn't look like the voice actor concerns are going to stop this game from being another hit for beat-em-up fans. It's out on the 28th, exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. And finally, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is out this Friday, and looks to be about what you'd expect from a new COD game. The campaign is already out and is looking great, and Activision seem to have really stepped up their game with the visuals. Grab the full game on PC, PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox Series X and S, and Xbox One on the 28th. Articles to read, podcasts to listen to, and videos to watch on sifter.com.au. This has been Walkthrough by Sifter. My name is Kyle Paletto. And my name is Adam Christou. Thank you so much for listening. We know you love listening to Sifter, so if you'd like to support our work, we've got a Ko-Fi where you can contribute whatever our work is worth to you. Even a small amount makes a big difference to us. Head to sifter.com.au slash support and helps us keep making the shows you love. Sifter is produced by Nicholas Kennedy, Kyle Paletto, Fiona Bartholomeus, Daniel Ang, Daniel Hines, and me, Adam Christou. Mitch Lowe is the senior producer and Gianni Di Giovanni is our executive producer. Thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the walkthrough theme tune. And thanks to both Audio Technica Australia and Omni Studio for their support of Sifter's three podcasts. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with more news next Sunday.